Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. It is such a blessing to depend and look up to the God whose promises are yes and amen. When God says it, he will do it. He said, for God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, and shall he not do it? Has he spoken, and shall and will he not make it good? If God says it, he will do it. If God promises, then it shall come to pass. It doesn't matter how long it takes. In, in, in the book of Habakkuk, it said, for the vision is for an appointed time. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it shall surely come to pass. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it shall surely come to pass. One of the amazing things and beautiful things about working with God is the ability to hold on to the end because it says that in the end, though it tarries, though it tarries, wait for it because it will, because, though it tarries, because it will definitely of a necessity definitely come to pass. It will definitely come to pass, even though it tarries, wait for it. So there's an appointed time for your laughter as you walk with God. There is certainly an appointed time. And sometimes things may look like they have delayed. I'm here to let you know that we have entered a very favorable season. Some of us, the kind of favors that are about to break loose over you It's like, wow, wow. Everybody who hears about it will say, wow. They will not say, whoa. They will say, wow. Because God is about to give you a wow testimony. If you are the one I'm talking about, your amen will show it. Heaven is about to give somebody a wow testimony. And I see you walking into favor. I see you walking seamlessly into it. Bible says that when, well, it came to pass, Luke chapter 3, while the people were being baptized, and Jesus also being baptized, and praying that the heavens were opened. And when the heavens were opened, and suddenly there came a voice, or the Holy Spirit descended upon him in a bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. In you I am pleased. I am well pleased. So Jesus, as he went through the spiritual activity like baptism, he also engaged himself in prayer. And as he prayed, something happened. Your personal Heart cry, heart determination, heart desire for God 
plus spiritual activity that generates a spiritual atmosphere like this. So and the atmosphere plus your heart desire results in open heavens. And when the heavens are open, no one can tell what is coming from above to you. Your story will change. Your story will not be the same. Because what? You have secured an open heavens. So every time you can have an opportunity to secure an open heavens, when we come together, because when we come together, it's a spiritual activity for supernatural access. And your, your role is to connect your heart in pursuit for God. You open your heart. Like the psalmist said, my soul tests for thee. My soul thirst for thee. I hunger for you. I search for you as in a dry and a thirsty land. I desire you, Lord. You are my desire. You are my desire. You are my desire. The psalmist said, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. In Isaiah 2, he said, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. My desire is God because that's why he is my song. He is my strength. If something good is about to happen in your life, you know it's going to come from above. Bible says that all good and perfect gifts come from above. They come from, and I know that anyone who believes in God, anyone who is desperate, is hungry, is thirsty, is desiring of anything from God, you first of all set your heart. You set your heart to seek the Lord. Bible says that and David and the children of Israel, they set their heart to seek the Lord. They set their heart. And one of the things I've discovered in the scriptures about God, that when you seek him, you will find him. When you seek him, you will find him. When you seek him in Jeremiah chapter 29 from verse 12, 13, it talks about how he is found of those who seek him early. Those who seek me. He said, then you will call upon me. Verse 12. He says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. Verse 13 says that, and you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with your heart. So the environment you come into is a necessary part of your step upwards. Like Jesus, they were being baptized and he came. He came to the realm of baptism. Why didn't he stay in his own house? Why didn't he do his own thing and pray? No, no, no. There are, some, there are, there are certain encounters that can only be granted at certain places within certain environments. When an atmosphere is created, and it's also a sign. Jesus said, John the Baptist said, no, 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 I can't baptize you. You are too big. You are too, like, I can tell. There's something unusual about you. You are bigger than I. I'm not worthy to baptize you. I should rather, you should baptize me. And Jesus said, that is humility. Jesus said, I know you don't want to baptize me because you, you, you are aware of the kind of person I am. But you know what? I want you to do it. So, so for, for that, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. I have to do what is right. I am not the one baptizing at the moment. You are. And I need to be baptized to set the example. So I'm willing to humble myself. Now watch this. Being part of a fellowship is a sign 
of humility. Being part of a team, it requires a certain level of humility to engage in true spiritual pursuit. Any spiritual pursuit that is only based, hinged on a personal approach and a personal individual and individual approach and a, a personal and individual approach and individual um personal you know i'm doing my thing i'm doing my thing no if you can call on god in the midst of the congregation your call on of god your calling of god or your pursuit of god is questionable because there is a way god manifests himself in the gathering in the company which he never does when people are by themselves that is why abraham was not enough for him to be used he called abraham in Isaiah, I think Isaiah chapter 45 or so, he said, your, your father Abraham, I called him alone. <laughs> yeah, it's in Isaiah. Isaiah, I believe in 45 or 54 somewhere there. He said, Abraham, I called him alone. Your mother Sarah, I called her alone. He said, um, chapter 52 or 51 verse 2 said, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him, how many? alone, and blessed him and increased him. I, so when God is determined to do something to you, he comes to you on a personal level. But why did I, I show you this? Abraham alone was not enough for God to fulfill his purpose. He was called alone by him alone. So Abraham was not ripe. He was the seed in order to generate Isaac. And Isaac was also not ripe. Because Isaac had Esau and Jacob. And God has categorically said, I have not chosen Esau. He is not part of my choice. Um, Romans chapter 9, verse 11, 12, and 13. It says that Jacob, have, before the two boys, whilst they were in the mother's womb, Rebekah's womb, before they could do anything, Bible says that, he, so that the election of God, according to, uh, the purpose of God, according to election, might be fulfilled, not of works, but of him that calls, he said, the younger, the older shall serve the younger. So, verse 13, as it is written, Jacob, I have loved, and Esau, I have hated. Now, hated there means dispreferred. He is not selected amongst the people I want to use. Just the way Ishmael was not also a part of who God was going to use. So, Isaac was, Abraham was called alone. Then he produced Isaac, but the problem was Isaac was alone. So Isaac produced Esau and Jacob, but unfortunately Esau was dispreferred, so Jacob was left alone. But then Jacob gave birth to the twelve, and God said, now I can start. Now, because I've got a company, God works with company. You shall meet a company of prophets. First Samuel chapter 10, 
verse 5. You shall meet a company of prophets descending from the hill of God, and you hear them prophesying. They will have string instruments and tambourine and flutes and harp before them, and they will be prophesying. And then the Spirit, once you meet them, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. Why didn't you come upon you when I poured the anointing on you? So I'm the prophet. I anointed you. Why is it not coming? There are certain events and certain necessary processes that one must go through in order to attain the utmost of God. And so he said, you need a certain company. I'm doing this alone, but you need a company for you to be another man. I'm saying that Jesus came to where the company was. He came to where there was a, the Zoom service. He came, he came to where the, the service was going on. He joined, looked, he took the time and the trouble to log in. And then when he logged on, he then engaged his heart. He engaged his heart in prayer. So there are two ways. You have to be part of the company of God's people. And then in the company of God's people, you must determine to have a hungry heart, a unique heart, a persevering heart, a persistent heart, and chase after God. Then what happened? Your heaven flips open. When your heavens flip open, the spirit comes down. A voice of affirmation. A voice of validation. There are things that are not happening in our lives because we have not secured validation in the spirit. Once you have been approved in the spirit, no human being can disapprove you. Anyone who attempts to disapprove the one who is approved will be replaced. Because the, the, the approval has already taken place in the spirit. So as I said, it takes a certain level of humility. It takes a certain level of humility to be part of a spiritual company engaging in spiritual activity. And once that is, 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 is in place and the heart connection is in place, your testimony is following. Whatever God says you obey it, just do it. Just do it. Mary said to them, in John chapter 2, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he asks you, do it. Just do it. Just whatever he says to you, do it. Just do it. And our just doing it is what authorizes him to throw his, his weight about in our lives. Our obedience to his word is our authorization to heaven to throw his weight about in our lives. As you obey his word, you give him the permission. You give him the authorization. You create the room. You create the platform for him to throw his weight about in your life. I see God's goodness is about to be manifested very clearly and obviously in your life. If you are the one I'm talking about, say, say amen. I see the hand of God coming upon you. I see the favor of God coming upon you. I see the goodness of God coming upon you in Jesus' mighty name. So day one, we spoke about obedience. And then day two, we spoke about how do you trust the Lord? You, have, you need a mindset, a mindset that is fixed. He said that you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. You will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Get, 
your mind to stay on him. Get your mind to stay on him. Um, this Sunday, in our service, I'll be sharing some things, 1 Peter chapter 1. But when you look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, chapter 4, I'm very sorry, chapter 4, verse 1, it talks about, therefore, since Christ has suffered for us, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, that word there is very powerful. That first word after the comma. What is that word? What is that word? Arm. Arm. It's, that, it's an armor. You have to wear an armor. Put in Ephesians chapter 6. Put verse, verse um, 11. Uh, uh, verse 10, 12. And yeah. It said, put on the whole... Put on the whole armor of God. Verse 13. Put on the whole armor of God. All right. Put on the whole armor. So it's an armor. An armor is to be armed. Now, when I was studying the text, I realized that when it says take, take, up, take up the whole armor of God, that you may... Be, verse 11. Let's see how the verse 11 puts it. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? Because verse 10 says that, For we wrestle not, brethren, be strong in the Lord and uh, power. Verse 12, rather. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, that word translated wrestle really is not wrestle. You know, in our times, when you hear some wrestling, you are watching wrestling, it's, it's people, one person lift the other one, and no, you don't, it, it is not wrestling in the sense that um, you are holding somebody, trying to pull the person down, no, it is like fight, a war, it's war, warfare, because in wrestling, you don't need an armor, but when you look at the armor that has been described here, it talks about the, breast, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet. You don't need helmet in wrestling. So this means it's like warfare, like a soldier who fully armed. You know, someone is fully armed. This is combat. Serious combat. And so we are called into frontline warfare. So he says, what do you do? Put on the whole armor of God. And we find out from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1, that as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself, one of the armors you need. This one is not outward. It's not armor on you. It's, this, it's your mind. Arm yourself. Your mind is also a weapon against the enemy. It's a certain weapon that if you don't put on, if you don't get in place, the enemy will take advantage of you. And he says, well, arm yourself. So your mind, he said, arm yourself with the same mind. It's a, it's a mindset. This mindset is an armor. And so what's the mindset I, mean, I was talking about? When you are trusting God, you must have a certain mindset that is stayed on God. You don't fling. You don't change. You don't, you don't give up. It's stayed on God. Let your mind stay on him. Let your mind stay on his word. Mindset. Who, the one who trusts God, his mind is stayed on God's word. Number three, how do you trust God? Today our reading is from Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah 28 is very colorful. It is very colorful. Reading it is very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. 
I saw things that looked like this thing is talking about me. <laughs> I saw some interesting things. Uh, uh, too many things. It says that in that day shall the Lord of hosts be for a crown of glory. Wow. And for a diadem of beauty unto the residue of his people. God will be a diadem of beauty, a crown of glory unto the residue. The residue there means the remaining. That means a lot have gone. But there are people who still, is it's like they are remnants, remnants. Everyone is dead and gone. And uh, okay, okay, so New King James uses the word remnants. The remnant, the leftover, the few who are left. How does the New Living Translation put it? The New Living Translation, okay, also uses remnant. It says that then at last the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies will himself be Israel's glorious crown. Wow. He will be the pride and the joy of the remnant of his people. Now, this is very important. That phrase, remnant of his people, all right, they remain. Those remnant means that the, a, a large part have gone. So it can be, there might be one or two remnants of the uh, uh, people who were alive or some of the soldiers or the people who saw the world war, the, the last world war, the world war two. All right. There might be some people who are still alive. A lot of them are dead because they are too old. So a lot of them are dead. A, a, certain, a certain little girl asks her grandfather that, Dad, were you around in the, in the Noah's time? At, uh, during the worst time. The granddad said, no. He said, but why didn't you drown with the people? Because she thinks the grandma is, the granddad is so old, he shouldn't be alive by this time. He should have drowned long time ago with no worst time. You know, so but there are times where there are people who live in a certain time who have all dead. There might be one or two. They are called the remnants. Or there are people who join the a lockdown, they have abandoned their faith. Maybe a lot of people have begun compromising and doing this. But listen, Caris, they are remnants. They are remnants. They are remnants. They are remnants who are still praying. They are remnants who are still fasting. Who are still fasting. They are remnants who are still doing it right. They are remnants who are pursuing God. And he says that God himself will be a crown. He 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 will be, a crown. He will be the Lord himself the Lord of hosts will, will be for a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people. Yeah, I'm part of the remnant. We will live to tell the story. Listen, may it never be part of you that one day when the story is being told, that there are people who you always were in church and or somebody's telling the story to their children or grandchildren. We used to pray a lot. We used to fast. We used to come on Zoom and we were praying. We love God. We were receiving the word of God. We were committed. We read the Bible. Say, oh, that sister, you know, that sister was part of it. That other man, that woman was part of it. But now look, now look, look, they are, they are backslid. They are now somewhere. And this one, oh, that, that, that person you see there. Yeah, he used to be in church. He used to be a preacher. He used to be like that. He used to be in church. Ah, that will not be your story. That will not be your story. Elijah went to God. It says, they have killed all your prophets. I'm the only one left. Say, my friend, no, I have more people who have not bowed their knee to bow. 
God has always got a remnant. Anyway, he says that he will be a crown of glory to his remnant. I see you will be beautified by the goodness of God. The goodness of God will beautify your marriage. The goodness of God will beautify your life. It will beautify your career. It will beautify your future. The goodness of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, let's, let's move on. And uh, verse, verse 6 says that, and I like the verse 6. Isaiah 28 verse 6. And for a spirit of judgment to him that sits in judgment. Wow. The Lord will be for a spirit of judgment to him that sits in judgment and for strength to him that turns uh, to him, uh, to them that turn the battle to the gate. In other words, if you are in combat, if you are fighting, God will be your strength. If you are sitting in wisdom, God will be your wisdom. The spirit of wisdom will come for you because you need it to have excellent and exceptional results. So whatever you are engaged in, once you are part of the remnant and it's time for beauty, for God's glory to be seen on you, what happens is that now God becomes your direct source of productivity. So whatever you are doing, God has mixed himself, has influenced your results. Your results will be heavily influenced by the power and the goodness and the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Verse 16 says that, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. So you see the words that has been used. A stone, for, 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 I lay in Zion for a foundation, a, a stone, a tried stone, a precious stone or a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, a stone, as a tri stone, a precious cornerstone, and a sure foundation. A stone, that same stone, is not just an ordinary stone, but it is a tried stone. Stone that have gone through rigor, and it is like a flint. A tried stone, and not just a tried stone, but it's a tried stone that has become a precious cornerstone. And it's not just a precious cornerstone, but it's a precious cornerstone, which is a foundation. Is the Foundation means other things are built on it. Other things are built on it. Other things are, your relationship with Jesus, build your career on it. Build your marriage on it. Build your business on it. Build your ministry on it. Build your family on it. It's a tried stone. It's a cornerstone. Don't let us reject the cornerstone. Let us take advantage. So if you have gathered and believe in God for a, a testimony, then the, uh, our, our relationship with Jesus must be the foundation for your testimony. It's quite a problem that people will come to seek testimonies and miracles, but still would want to live their life independent of the independent of the influence and the word of God. It is wrong. It's an error. How? Oh, I need a miracle. I really need a miracle. We will pray. I need a miracle. Yeah, we will pray with you. I, I need something to happen. We will, yes, that's fine. We will pray with you. But some, just pray with me. And then they'll go back and live a normal life. 
because Christ is not a foundation for their lives. It's just an addition. It's a, a, a source of something they are looking for, but it's not a foundation. He says that, I, God said, I lay in Zion a stone, a, 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 a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a foundation stone. And he says that uh, a foundation, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation for he that watched this, that keyword, believeth, shall not make his. This is important. Believeth. Believe in it. Believe in God's word. Believing in God. Believing in God in order to obey it. Believing in God and staying your mind on it. That's trusting God. Trusting God. Do you believe God? Yeah, that's, that's it. Trusting God. So he that believeth, he that trusted, shall not make haste. One of the signs that you trust God. How do you trust God? You are patient with God. Patience. Patience means that what is happening elsewhere does not threaten you. Patiently waiting for God means that what is happening for others is not a cause for bother for you because you know that what God has committed himself to do, he will do. And your walk with God, who is faithful, he will always show himself faithful. Bible said he remains faithful. God remains faithful. Second Timothy 2.13 or so. He remains faithful. And so you count on his faithfulness because he remains faithful. And because God he remain, remains faithful, you count on his faithfulness. You can always count on him. Maybe sometimes you can even let yourself down, but not God. God will not let you down. You can count on him at any time. And because you know you can count on his faithfulness, it begins to develop a sense of assurance that it does not matter how long it takes. You are willing to Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. It doesn't matter how long it takes. You are willing to wait. You are willing to wait for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it delays in your eyes, it may look in human terms, in your circumstance, in the situation. It looks like it has delayed. Though it delays, wait for it because it will surely come to pass. It will not delay. Uh, but I said it delay. Uh, you see it as delay, uh, but in God's timing, it's not delayed. Uh. So patience, listen, let me define patience. Patience is not the ability to stand and waiting per se. Patience is ability to hold on to the word of God permanently. It doesn't matter what it takes. You are still holding on to it. Situations come and hit you. You are still keeping your focus on the word of God. Uh, and then like Job's wife, uh, are you still believing God? Are you still holding your integrity? Cares God? And I, he said, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I will not curse God. His word is true. Now that's patience. Patience is when you accept that God's word is final, God's word is true, and your circumstance is subject to God's word. And if it hasn't changed, it's not because God's word is not true. It means that the time hasn't come yet. So in Hebrews chapter, chapter 11, 
I think verse 13, Bible, this is a very strong scripture. Don't forget this scripture. I've been quoting it, but don't forget it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. He said, these all died in faith, having not received the promise. That's it. But having, having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them. Can you imagine? They embraced these promises. They saw the promise afar off. That's what you should be doing. That's what you should be doing when you're working with God. You look, see, this thing is real. One day I'll carry my own baby with my, uh, I'll, 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 be, I'll have my child. Oh, the doctor said you can't have a child. No problem. One day I believe God. One day, uh, one day it looks like, oh, marriage is becoming a challenge. No, no problem. One day I'm telling you, oh, oh, one day. And it doesn't matter who else is getting married around you. You don't settle for a drama. Uh, sorry. You don't, <laughs> you don't settle. <laughs> you don't settle for someone who looks like he's in church. Okay, he's so much in church, but church is not in him. She's so much in church, but church is not in her. <laughs> it does not matter. Patience. Patience means that I will still do it God's way. And it does not matter how long it takes. I've made up my mind that God's word is true and I hold on to God's word. When everybody, situations are telling you, like Joseph, curse God and die, you say, no, I'll still be faithful. It doesn't matter what has happened. It doesn't matter what, what changes. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. I'll still, that's trust. That's trust. I'm patient. Some people trust God only for one day. Others trust God only for one incident. Others trust God only for uh, 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 maybe marriage. Or others trust God only for a job. Once the job comes through, they say, God, thank you. Once the job doesn't come through, they say, you know, I mean, I'm not going for any service. So all the praying you were making in the service is just for a job. So it's just for marriage. So it was just for your healing. Oh. So it wasn't because you actually were, you were actually, you trusted God so much. But it's just for, so a lot of people, when they pursue God and they get their, testimony, their pursuit of God plummets, diminishes, reduces. Now, when you trust God, you don't change with changing scenes. You don't change with changing conditions. Your approach does not change. You still hold on to God's word. I see somebody that God is about to beautify you. That is when you become a remnant. The remnants don't change. The remnants still hold on to God's word. Maybe there are people listening to me who have been born again for a while, and you have a, a group of guys of friends, you all got born again around the same time. Some have, have fallen off. Sometimes when you stay in church long enough, you tend to see, you tend to know people who used to be in church. Who used to pray more than you? Who used to pray with you? Who used to fast always? Who used to stand in town and preach to everybody they see. They used to. They used to. But patience ran out. Enemy has a way of using circumstances to, to, to drain your life of desire to hold on to God. But patience. Patience. He says that I lay in Zion a cornerstone. Anyone who believes in him shall not make haste. I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to hold on to God's word. In the, in the Hebrew ones, uh, Hebrews that I read, it says that these people, all these people 
died in faith, having not, all these, all these died in faith, not having received the promise, but even though having seen them afar off and were persuaded of the promise and embraced the promise and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims of the earth. So it doesn't matter whether they saw it or not, they knew that the promise was real. That's patience. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. He said, don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Slothful there means lazy. Don't be lazy. But follow. That means that when you are lazy, you can't follow. It takes a certain hard work to follow certain people who have proven results in faith and in God. He said, don't be lazy. Don't be slothful. But followers of those who through faith and patience inherit their promises. So it takes faith, not only faith, but patience. 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 If you trust in God, you are willing to hold on to what he has said, no matter how long it takes. You are willing to do it his way, no matter the immediate outcome. No matter the outcome in the near future, you are still willing to hold on. You are still willing to, to trust him. You are still willing to persevere. You are still willing to keep going. Keep going. Keep going. As you trust God, Bible says, blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Trust God. Be patient. Be patient. You see, when you pin or you hinge, what God can do to circumstances, you are not trusting God. Don't hinge your healing to the report. Don't say, ah, this report is bad now. That there's nothing God can do again. No! No! Don't say that. Say they've said what they will say, but I believe God is faithful. I believe God is able. I'm holding on to God's word. I believe. And they are saying it. And sometimes you have to keep confessing the word and let the word enter your subconscious spirit. Let, keep confessing the word. Keep confessing the word. Keep confessing the word. Whatever they have said, you said, okay, that's what you say. That might be a physical truth, but there's a higher spiritual reality. My God is a healer. 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 And don't say it for two weeks and stop. Don't say the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Now, when the conditions change and seem to get worse, he say, uh oh. Um, <laughs> it looks like, especially some people will be here listening. And sometimes when you look around you, it looks like everybody or people are going ahead of you. Nobody's going ahead of you. Don't compare what God is doing in your life to what is happening somewhere else. Trust God and be patient. In Psalm 40, verse 1, he said, I waited patiently unto the Lord. I waited patiently. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined his ear unto me and heard my cry. Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 28, we read it earlier on yesterday. Has thou not known? How, has thou not heard? 
that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary. There is no searching for his understanding. Verse 29, he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary, but, and the young men shall utterly fall. The next, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Learn how to be patient. The psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord. Listen, I'm here to prophesy to you that don't be afraid. Just be patient and look up to God. Hold on to God's word. That's what it means to wait for him. Hold on to God's word. Don't change your confession. Don't change your worship. Don't change your service. Don't change your obedience. Don't change the, the mindset you have put on him. Just don't change it. Hold on. It, how, Pastor, so how long can I hold on for? As long as you are alive. So if it will take your entire life waiting for God, being patient, do it. Because he said, through faith and patience, who through faith and patience and uh, uh, obtain or inherit the promises. You inherit the promise that God has given in the name of Jesus. The God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, a fiery burning, a fiery furnace, and he, will, and he will deliver us from your hands, O King. However, even if he doesn't deliver, we have made up our mind. We are not changing our state. We are patient enough. We will just hold on to his word. We, will, uh, we prefer holding on to his word, dying and burn, than to leave his word and live. That's what, in effect, that's what we're saying. We trust God enough to hold his word, hold on to his word to the end. Job said that even though he slays me, I will still trust him. Yo, though God slays me, though he slays me, yet I will trust him. Even so, I, I will defend my own ways before him. Even if God is holding the knife and stabbing me and trying to kill me, I will trust that that's the best thing that should happen for me now at that material instant. So hold on to God's word. He said, I don't care what happens. Now let's go to this last scripture I, I wanted to show you in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. 35 downwards. It says that, it said, cast not away, therefore your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. Aha, verse 36 is the one I'm looking for. For ye have need of what? Patience. You need it. You need it. Why? So that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Ah. So it takes a lot of patience to obey God. It takes patience to obey God. It takes patience to obey God. Patience. Patience. Don't be in a rush. Said he, I'll behold, I lay in Zion a cornerstone, a precious stone, a stone, a foundation stone. He that believeth in him shall not be in haste. Don't be in a rush to prove anything to anybody. Don't be in a rush to show that you are also doing well. Don't be in a rush. Be in, be in a, a state to keep your mind and your focus on God's word. Hold on to God's word, brother. Hold on to... Stories going on around are quite worrying. But listen, the word of God is sure. Jesus puts it this way. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But 
not a jot or a tittle. A jot or a tittle will not pass from the word. A jot, not, a, not a jot or a tittle. Shall, heaven and earth shall pass away. Matthew chapter 5. For surely I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law. And then in, in the book of Mark, and the Mark, I, I prefer the Mark version, I think Mark 25, Mark uh, 10 or so, it talks about, um, yeah, the same thing. It says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Because the word of God is not passing away, when you hold on to the word of God, you are not passing. It's like some, sometimes when you see a stream of water, yeah, 1331 is the yeah. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will by no means pass away. What does it mean? Sometimes you see maybe it's rain heavily and the flood, or you see floods, floods of water going, and then you see maybe a dog or a, a rabbit or a mouse or a cat that is almost being taken away by the water, and they manage to hold on to a certain tree. Because the tree is planted, the tree is not moving. So hold on to the tree trunk, even though they are in the water. The water is still there, but they are holding on to. So as long as the tree is not going, the water, they are not going with the water. Because they are holding on to something that is not going. They are holding on to something that is not passing. You, God has given us opportunity, hold on to his word, because his word will not pass. Circumstances are changing, but his word will not change. Biological clocks are changing, but oh, his word does not change. His word does not change. I don't know what is faced you that which is making you question, oh God, when? Oh God, when? Oh God, when? It's normal. It's natural to ask those questions. So when? So when? But anytime it feels like asking that question, trust God. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. What does it mean to trust God? I'll wait. I'll be willing to patiently wait for the Lord. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord. God sent me to tell somebody. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. They that wait upon him shall mount up with wings as eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall, they sh they shall walk and shall not faint. As you wait on God, as you patiently wait on him, as you are patient, as you are patient, as you are patient, he said, for you have need of patience. You have need of patience. You have need of patience. Anyone who tells you, I'm trusting God, is patient when it comes to God's word. Is patient. One of the signs that shows you are trusting God is you are willing to wait for him, for him to do it his way. Abraham made a mistake. He didn't wait for God. He came, he ended up with Ishmael. Abraham made a mistake and he learned from that mistake. Let's learn from Abraham's mistake. Don't go for Ishmael. Don't go for Ishmael. Wait for the Isaac. Because what Bible says that, and it came to pass, that God did to Sarah as he has promised. It does not matter how long it takes. If God said it, faithful is he who has promised, who also will do it. My brothers and sisters, let's learn to wait. Trust God. What does it mean to trust God? To be willing to wait. Because you know God is faithful. You hold on to the end. I see God turning your situation around in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah! Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. 
Be blessed.